Hello, Christopher here. Hope you're doing well. If you're listening to this around the time it went live, this is a time of year when there's a lot of travel. I hope you have some safe roads, little turbulence, and comfortable weather. And if not, well, I commiserate. I've planned out the 2020 schedule for Exoplanetary. I don't anticipate it will all go according to plan, but one way you can help me make it happen is by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash exoplanetary. Next month, I'll be dropping a conversation where David Loftus, the actor who plays Ben Wolverton, asks me a few questions. This will be a Patreon exclusive. So once again, patreon.com slash exoplanetary. If you can't support us financially, you can help us by telling everyone you know about Exoplanetary. Tell your friends who like science fiction. Tell your friends who like fun stories. Tell your mom. Tell your eccentric grandfather. The one with the beard. You know who I'm talking about. Please keep telling people. I thank you for doing so. And we'll be with you again after Brother Dustin to read this month's review. Exoplanetary, the adventures of the space-faring Wolverton family and their friends far in the future. Tonight's episode, Strictly Kidding. Are you my fair? My fair lady? No, I'm not Professor Higgins either, but you can call me Professor Hugo Hackenbush, Chair of History here at the Lunar University. Look, pal, did you call for clock or not? That I did, that I did, and you're going to be my chariot, you swinger, you swing low, sweet chariot. Fine, let's just get you to where you're headed. Now, where's your goal? Well, not in my teeth. I beat the cavity creeps a long time back, man. See? Uh, yeah, no. If you want me to take you back 900 years so that you create a bank account, you need to bring something Precious. The precious. The precious. Sorry, I didn't mean to turn this into a three-ring Andy Circus. Well, rings might work. You, you pawn them and you can deposit the cash. Did you have your sense of humor removed with your appendix, adenoids, and spleen? You don't have to explain it any further. I'm not one of your capitalist greed bags looking for a millennium of compound interest. I'm a historian, man. My treasure's knowledge, you dig? Knowledge? My experience is that knowledge is hard to leverage into cold, hard cash. Well, don't you worry your cold, hard heart about me, kid. My publisher's fitting the bill. They want me to write a bestseller about a prominent historical family. It's your right, old man. Old? Old? I'm in the prime of my life, and it's 20% off at Amazon Prime. Whatever you say. Hold on. Here's your first destination. Hope you brought your boots. Hipsters, flipsters, and finger-popping daddies, knock me your lobes. Now here we are in the vicinity of the founding father of this important family in the time of the Caesars. The Caesars? But, but this is Scotland. Yeah, they called it Caledonia back then. The Romans were here expanding their empire like my Uncle Murray unbuttoning his pants at Thanksgiving. 
Are you there, laddie? You be disturbing me flock. Oh, no. Who's that shepherd? I don't know. Alan Shepard? Sam Shepard? Gene Shepard? Flick lives. Oh, we'd better skedaddle. That shepherd's crook looks pretty nasty. Take it easy, Highlander. Watch a professional at work. Young trespassers best be moving along. Ah, hello, good sir. I was looking for a man outstanding in his field, and sure enough, you were outstanding right over there in, as I say, your field. That joke was even old in these times. Oh, Margaret Dumont has a criticism. Thy words are strange to me. Can Latin have changed so much? But thou art addressing Kiddingus Maximus, former general and current owner of this fine pasture. Why does he think we're speaking Latin? I weigh ev hey o nay idea way. Let's ask him. Follow me to yon hut, strangers. When I came to Caledonia, I decided to settle here and take on a pastoral life. Why, why is that? You were a general. An old general. A trip back to Rome would have been entering politics or just retiring. But I'd never had the stomach for polite talk or debating the funding of aqueducts. Why an aqueduct? Why are no chickens? I discovered a passion for sheep. Uh, now, now, clean thoughts, old chum. This is for a family audience. The shearing comes soon. We clean it, weave it, and knit the result into these. Socks? The finest stockings in these aisles. I never much cared for the wearing of sandals. You know, stockings date back to the Greeks, 8th century B.C. B.C.? Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. These stockings are highly prized at the marketplace. But I am thinking of expanding my product range to this. Is, 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 is that what I think it is? Damn right. Max here was the first human to look at a pile of wool and think, I'd like to wear that. So, Kiddingus Maximus invented the first sweater? Yeah, centuries before Jane Mansfield was even born. They call it a jumper in these parts, or rather, they will. Your words are still quite strange to me. I wear it so that I can pretend that I am just part of the flock. So he's also the first cosplayer. Yeah, the original sheeple. Well, kidding us, Maximus, we need to be on our way and uh, give our regards to Sherry Lewis. All aboard! Kush la Macree! Colonial Philadelphia, city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, but generally apathetic cousins. We're here before the Revolutionary War, right? Yep, three decades before the war and another two centuries before they filmed Rocky. Check out that guy over there. The one mummified in copper wire? Right, with a powdered wig. Oh, there, my friends. Come forth and observe my scientific experiment. Who is this guy, Hackenbush? He, he looks just like that shepherd. 
His descendant. And what a descendant was. He's the colony's second best scientist, third best publisher, and eighth best humorist. Ichabod Kidding. Never heard of him. Uh, I'm guessing that the first was... Don't say his name. Benjamin Franklin? Godzooks, man. Keep that foul name from my ears. Were I not bound by this wire, I would challenge you to a duel. Settle down, Ichabod. Why don't you tell my friend here about what you're up to with all that highly conductive metal? Only my greatest scientific achievement. My experiments with electricity will finally put me above that ridiculous Franklin, and I'll be the one invited to all of the parties and flouncing around with French aristocrats and libertines. Well, how does it work? When the electrical storm rises, this metal will allow energy to pass into my body, endowing me with superior strength, intelligence, and the speed of mercury. Isn't that the origin of the Flash? I was going to say Captain Marvel. Shazam. What if that doesn't conduct those properties? What if it, in fact, fries you into a Philly cheesesteak? A Philly cheesesteak? What's that? Steak, cheese, peppers, onions, all fried up into a mess and served on a roll. That sounds delicious. Well, get out of that copper death jacket and we'll go make some. Yes, that sounds... Hmm. I seem to have left my pliers back in my workshop. Could you fellows give me a hand? Ah, I think that's our cue to leave, Hackenbush. Indeed. And don't worry, Ichabod. If you get out of there in time, history will be kind enough to completely forget you, and trust me, you're better off. Fellows? Good fellows? Come! Come back here! This place looks familiar. Yeah, Echo Bay on the Oregon coast. This is the first place where the Wolverton and Kidding families rubbed elbows. I mean, thankfully, it stopped at the elbows. Hey, listen, he's about to start his patter. Step right up. Step right up. In this genuine glass bottle, you will find a tonic and elixir that will rejuvenate your musculature, soothe your nerves, and offer you unparalleled virility. I know these guys. The Kidding Brothers, Trapper John and Trader Joe. Stacy met them when we were in Echo Bay. They were running some sort of a trading post. Yeah, they lost the trading post playing gin rummy, but they eventually found favor in the patent medicine game. My brother was once a basket case, a, a friendless, humiliating shambles of a man, but daily doses of our wonder cure have offered him a new lease on life. I am a paragon of masculinity. Yes, sir. Would you care to try a sample of the Kidding Brothers' patented sun tonic? No. How about you, madam? You, sir? Well, I'll try some, I reckon. 
Holy cow, is, is that... Ignatz Wolverton, the first American-born member of your family tree, and from the looks of him, he's the first time the tree bothered a fork. Have a swig, friend. On the house. Oh, ooh-wee. That tonic's got quite a kick. What all you putting in it, fella? It's a secret mixture of E-11, herbs, and spices. And cocaine. Mostly cocaine. Uh, I'll buy me a bottle. Uh, maybe three bottles. Actually, fellas, just, just just take my money. This is ridiculous. You mean to tell me that these yokels turned my ancestor into a hopeless cocaine addict? Yeah, but don't worry. The Civil War comes along and turns him into a morphine addict. Why is this kidding family so important anyway? They, they seem like a rather unsavory bunch. Yeah, most people's ancestors do, really. I mean, disgusting personal behavior is one of the most reliable themes in history. Along with wealth disparity, war, and superstition subverting science and progress. But this is the moment when the kidding line makes the shift from also-rans to blue bloods. Because of some half-baked patent medicine? Yeah, it turns out the flavor was pretty popular. They eventually had to change the cocaine to caffeine, but by the 20th century, they had one of the most reliable soft drinks on the market. No, wait. I read about this once. The Kidding Brothers' patented sun tonic eventually became... Solar Cola, and they survived well into the 21st century, despite there being many other popular soft drinks. They were also the favorite brand of a noted eccentric inventor and rocket scientist who helped Solar Cola become the only soft drink company to escape into space. So, the Kidding family, they eventually created Exoplanetary. Edgar and Grant are both descended from these same Kiddings. By George, I think he's got it. So your biography will be an expose of how Exo rose to power. Well, not exactly. My publisher wants me to find out what happened to Exo's top banana. Edgar's CEO, Grant is the chairman of the board, but the real president's been missing for many, many years. Well, I never knew that. Well, they didn't want you to know that. They wanted you to think that everything was hunky-dory. But with the president out of the picture, the leadership of the company is in flux. Do you know where this president can be found? I do. And so do you, my boy. Next stop, the 26th century. You're right, I, I do know this forest. Whose woods these are, you think you know? This isn't far from where my late brother was based, uh, uh, Brother Dustin. You don't say. Yeah, yeah, there was a large group of warrior women and these strange young men who wore tight-fitting clothes, and, and there was a shack. Love shack? The sugar shack. Radio shack? Yeah, yeah, radio, yes, yes. That old man, the transmitter shack on the top of the hill. Hey, wait up. You haven't moved this fast since he put prune juice in your bran flakes. Anybody home? Nobody's home. Brother Kermit, I presume. Who the hell are you? Professor Hugo Z. Hackenbush at your service. 
Best way you strangers could serve me is by heading back down the hill and forgetting you ever saw me. Strangers, don't you know who I am? Sure I do. You're Pervert Wolverton. That's Calvert Wolverton. We've come a very long way to speak to the president of Exoplanetary Corporation. Could you lead us to him? No, you nitwit. He's the president. Him? It's true. It's true. To my great shame, I was once the president of Exoplanetary. Until I couldn't stand it any longer. Great shame? Let him talk. What's to say? I, Kermit Kidding, was just the latest of my line to lead Exoplanetary. For five centuries, we dominated the solar system alongside our competitors. But my heart was never truly in the boardroom, as it was for my forefathers, and my sons were so damn bloodthirsty. One day I was sitting in my library, reading a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, when I said, I've had it. Who gave it to you? Shut the F up, Donnie. Continue, dude. I had installed a security feature in my library. In the event of an emergency, I could jettison it from my private spaceship and land it on the nearest world. I decided that my midlife crisis was as close as I would ever come to an emergency. So I said, to hell with it. Pushed the big red button, crash-landed my library here on Earth. Amazing. Well, I had a good run here, alone with my books and the sweet solace of solitude. But then Brother Dustin and Mother Invention showed up, and hell, you know the rest. Yeah, yeah, I know. I suppose you're here to drag me kicking and screaming back to Exoplanetary and my no-good rotten children. Well, I'm just shoveling coal into this crazy train. Uh, Captain Spaulding here is the engineer. Yes, darling Kermit, I'm here to take you away from all this, as they say, but not to Exo. No? Well, my publisher wanted me to bring you in for a special meeting. They told me that they could offer you something that even you, who gave it all up to spend your life reading, could not turn down. Doubtful. Well, if you don't like it, we'll have Laughing Boy here bring you back to your shack. Those are the terms of my publishing contract. Contract? That's right. I have to deliver one manuscript over 200,000 words, as well as one brother Kermit Kidding, if he is of sound mind. Why does he have to be of sound mind? Standard contractual jargon. It's a sanity clause. You can't fool me. There ain't no sanity clause. I walked right into that one. What do you say, Kermit? Up for a trip? Okay. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Well, hang on, hang on. Where am I taking us? Get our asses to Mars. It's like living in a basement. Well, you could get lost if you want. Don't you want me to stay and uh, see if... Uh, Kermit's not going to want to go back, man. And you have a few busy weeks ahead of you, too. W what do you mean? Well, after my book about the Kidding family, I'm going to get started on my next magnum opus, The History of the Wolverton Family. And brother, I wouldn't give your troubles to an arachnidian with backed-up webbing. 
Just spell my name right, okay? Whatever you say, pervert. Oh. Look, after all of this, just be sure to give me a five-star rating, all right? Let's go inside. I can't believe I let you talk me into leaving Earth. What was I thinking? Trust me, man, you're going to be overjoyed with what's behind door number one. For my part, I got to beat feet back home myself. Lunar U, was it? That's right, man, or Lunar University, if you aren't into the whole brevity thing. Just tell me one thing. How did you know to find me on Earth? I was pretty sure that I covered my tracks. Well, I had a little advantage. Lunar University, class of 2625. Oh, I see. Wait a minute. 2625? That's in the future. That's a 27th century. And on that timely note, hello, I must be going. Time travel. What nonsense. Now, how am I supposed to get back home? Hello? Anyone there? How the hell do I get back to Earth? Is... Is anyone there? Hello? Who's that there? I can barely see you. I just... Holy cow? Have I gone balmy? Is it really you? I thought you were dead, Pilgrim. It's really me, Brother Kermit. And man, do we have a lot to catch up on. You have been listening to Exoplanetary, Strictly Kidding, written by C. Christopher Hart, performed by Dennis McCrandall as Professor Hackenbush, Bill Terry as Brother Kermit, in the Kidding family. See Christopher Hart as Calvert Wolverton. Bobby Eversman as Brother Dustin. Produced by C. Christopher Hart. Music provided by Jacob Jansen. Sound effects by Danger Marshall. This play, the characters, situations, and associated intellectual property, copyright 2018 and 2019 by C. Christopher Hart, all rights reserved. Recorded at the scenic Oregon coast. Take only photographs. Leave only cash. From a monastery on Mars. Turns out that men aren't actually from here. It's Brother Dustin's News and Views. I'm your engineer and announcer, Brother Wilford. And now, your host, Brother Dustin. Thank you, Brother Wilford. Have you seen my cheese? What cheese? I had some cheese that I was making. Oh. How were you making cheese? I took some of the leftover artificial goat's milk from the monastery kitchen and I kept it in our mini-fridge until it started turning lumpy. I don't think that's how you make cheese there, partner. Hmm. Moving on. Mysteries take many forms. Sometimes they are simple mysteries, like who stole my cheese. The answer is probably my platonic roommate and engineer announcer, but sometimes mysteries cover events that shake us to our very marrow. Murders, conspiracies, intrigue, burglaries. Mysteries are chock-full of these events. 
Sometimes my favorite thing to do is to go through my favorite mystery novels, something I read years ago, and see how much I remember about the characters, the world the detective lives in, and the mystery itself. I have so many favorites. Agatha Christie's Miss Marple and Hercule Poirot, Lawrence Block's Bernie Rodenbar, Caleb Carr's Laszlo Chrysler, and of course, Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. I always found it interesting that Sherlock Holmes, arguably one of the smartest and most logical characters in all of literature, was created by a man who also believed in fairies. I mean, there's nothing wrong with believing in fairies. I guess it just speaks to the fact that all of us contain multitudes. Conan Doyle insisted in believing that contemporaneous stage magician and escape artist Harry Houdini possessed real magical powers, despite Houdini's insistence that every conjuration, every escape, was merely a clever illusion. Maybe he just preferred the mystery. More on that after this message from Brother Wilford. If you're like me, you're tired of leaving the peace of your monastic lifestyle to go buy new underwear at the boutique. It's even a hassle buying some new drawers remotely through a retailer. Well, that's why I switched to Skivvy Spy. Skivvy Spy's sensitive AI infects every device in your home and determines, based on your behavior, purchases, and the information you access, when you need underwear, and the variety best suited to your personality. They sent me a union suit. The old-fashioned long underwear with the flap at your bottom. Well, I love them. I never even knew I wanted them. And I was sick of wearing thongs. Don't worry about a promo code. Your first Skivvy Spy shipment is already on its way. Skivvy Spy. They know you need new underwear. You may laugh, but at least the check cleared. We like mysteries because they touch on so many complex emotions. Sometimes we are working alongside the detective, trying to figure out the murderer's identity. Other times we are fascinated with the crime itself, allowing ourselves to stare into the abyss of depraved criminality. Are our motives impure, contemplating the extremities of human behavior? But mysteries can also refer to the inherent puzzle of our existence. Who are we? Why are we in the world? What brought us into being? In Girl in Space, the eponymous character is X, a young woman living aboard a seemingly abandoned spaceship. The interference of a giant corporation leads to a deeper investigation into the mystery of who X is and the truth of her very existence. While X seems like a sweet and perfectly normal individual, it becomes clear with me that she's more than just an ordinary young woman who enjoys coffee. Creator Sarah Ray Werner creates a compelling and engaging group of characters. It is a mystery in deep space that you will enjoy revisiting many times over, looking for clues you might have missed. It's so good that I don't want to tell you too much more. I want you to go and find it for yourself. The website still exists at girlinspacepodcast.com. As for Sarah Ray Werner, we all know that she went on to great fame once she left South Dakota and joined a writer's enclave on the dark side of the moon. It was the only place she could find that was colder than South Dakota. Brother Wilford says that we're out of time, and it seems that I've found my cheese. It appears that a mouse is carrying it along the floor. Wait, that's no mouse. Oh no, it has a knife. We'll talk to you next time, listener. Stay back. Violence is never the answer.
Hope you enjoyed that. We recorded it over a year ago, and I've been looking forward to springing it on you. We appreciate hearing from you. We're on Instagram at Exoplanetary, Facebook at Exoplanetary Media, and Twitter at Exoplanetary Pod. We also love hearing from you when you review us on your favorite podcast app. This one came from Apple Podcasts, a listener named Rachie Fox or Rashi Fox. I, I think it's Rachie Fox from the UK. Brilliant. Rachie Fox says it's a five-star review and rubbish at writing reviews. I don't think so, but going to try because of people asking listeners to review on Twitter. I like this podcast because it has good actors, an exciting and enthralling plot following a family through space and time. The story seems original and very interesting. On top of this, they have produced it well. And I listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts. Well, Rachie Fox should know. And thank you very much, Rachie Fox. I really appreciate that. It's, it's always nice to hear from anybody who appreciates what we do. We put a lot of work into it. We'll see you next month for part one of a big two-parter. Exciting stuff. Hope to see you then. Bye-bye.